Welcome to Making Resilience Cool, a podcast based on the resilience advantage, a 12-episode series created by U.S. Resiliency Council with the generous support of Optimum Seismic. The program addresses what resilience means to our communities, businesses, and governments here and around the world. I am your host, Audrey Liu, a student at Cal Poly Slow and an aspiring architectural engineer. Working with the host of the series, Evan Reese, the executive director of the USRC, I've been deep diving into the rich archive of interviews with special guests from various fields such as business leaders, community leaders, architects, engineers, and experts in sustainability, sharing their insights on the importance of resilient design. Come along with me on my journey in learning more about resilient design and why it is so important in all of our lives. Episode 7, The Bigger Picture. Evan, have you ever done one of those color-by-number drawings before? I remember doing those as a kid. Why do you ask? I would always try to color in those tiny shapes so precisely, making sure not to touch the outline of the neighboring shape. It would take so much time, but at the end, when I refocused my eyes on the completed picture, it was so satisfying. I get it. Well, that kind of attention to detail will serve you well as a structural engineer. Not so much the staying within the lines part, but in understanding the bigger picture of how engineering affects people in our communities. You know, when Daniel Zapata was interviewed for the Resilience Advantage, he told a wonderful story about this. He's a principal at Degenkolb Engineers in Los Angeles, and he specializes in studying the aftermath of earthquake. Welcome, Daniel. I know you've done a lot of work in earthquake reconnaissance after seismic events. Could you tell me what you found was the best way to study earthquakes? You know, why, why is it important to travel to earthquakes? As an engineer, uh, I think initially when I, when I went to my first earthquake reconnaissance, I always thought of uh, the buildings themselves, right? I always thought that we should probably go out there and, uh, and understand what, what the, how the buildings behave, how they fell, and and bring it back to our community, bring it back to our engineering community and, and understand how we can do new designs better, new retrofits better. But I, but I think uh, as time went on and I, I was fortunate enough to visit a few countries uh, that had seismic uh, events, I started to realize the importance of not just the building itself, but also how it affects the community. And that, that's been, I think that's been the driving force and me visiting some of these earthquake sites. Uh, I really am interested in, in learning how the community responds to an earthquake after the event and, and obviously how the, how the building itself uh, reacts to it. I would have never thought about it that way, Daniel. It's kind of like intent versus impact, where the intent of the earthquake is to release pressure stored in the Earth's crust, and the impact is what the earthquake does to the people and the community. Where have you visited to study earthquakes? Uh, obviously, here in the U.S., I, I visited uh, one uh, earthquake here in the U.S. Uh, and Sears Valley uh, recently, where they had a where they had an earthquake and actually one of our clients asked us to go visit uh, their hospital to see how it how it performed uh, I visited uh, Mexico twice one in Baja um, California and and back in 2010 I visited the uh, Chile um, back in 2010 as well and I've also visited uh, Taiwan 
and their 2016 earthquake. And I've visited uh, Mexico City, which is one of the most interesting ones that I've visited. What made Mexico City stand out for you? I think with Mexico City, we, we had a different mindset when we went in there. Uh, we weren't just looking, like I mentioned before, we weren't just looking at the at the earth at the buildings themselves, but we were really focused on how that community uh, reacted to the to the earthquake itself. Sounds like you visited a good spectrum of places, but tell me a little bit more about what you learned in Mexico City. You know, Mexico City is actually a a, a very modern city. You know, many people don't recognize that that Mexico City has uh, a, a very large variety of buildings uh, going back to the the non-ductal concrete, which what we know of now is a non-ductal concrete building, very similar to, to here in Southern California and across the state, really. These are buildings that, that, are, that mimic some of the buildings that, were, that, were, that we used to build back in the 70s and to very, very modern, modern buildings that they, that they now use, you know, a lot of structural steel, very similar to the U.S., but what makes it unique in terms of its seismicity is is the the soil characteristics that Mexico City has. Mexico uh, was founded on a lake bed, and it has a lot of um, really really poor soils. Oh yes, soil definitely plays an important role. Ultimately, it is the foundation under the foundation of the building. What exactly happens when an earthquake hits a building with poor soil? So when a seismic event hits it, um, regardless of whether it's nearby or far away, in fact, some could argue that the farther the earthquake, the more it affects it, uh, it, it travels to the, to, the, to the main city and it actually resonates with the soil that it has in under, underneath its buildings. And it really, it really uh, affects the buildings that, that are on it. So for that reason, it's, it's of particular interest to us because we get to see a lot of the older buildings that are similar to our U.S. buildings uh, be shaken. Uh, and that, that, really, that really is attracted to us engineers so that we can go and learn from them. Are we better off in the U.S. because we have stricter codes? There's a misconception oftentimes where you go to a different country and people, you know, they say, well, that's, 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 a, that's a different country. It's, you know, they, we have much tougher codes and so on and so forth. But I think one needs to realize that those countries actually mimic their codes and standards after the U.S. Uh, and a lot of those older buildings were actually built with similar codes and standards that we use he- that we u- either use here in the U.S. or used to use here in the U.S. So, uh, particularly with concrete, which is a material that other countries uh, really really use. You, you will find that a lot of their concrete buildings uh, are very similar to how we used to build our buildings in 1970s, in the 1970s and, be, and, be, and before. Uh, and this happens not only in countries that I visited, such as Chile, Taiwan, Taiwan or, or, or Mexico City, where their building stock, uh, the detailing, how they actually put in the reinforcement and the concrete and the quality of uh, construction is really similar to ours. Are the effects of seismic events the same? Most of our building stock is older construction. There's not that many new buildings that, that occur here in the U.S. With res- relative to, to our entire building stock. So it's really useful for us to really learn from them after a seismic event. 
This right here is very eye-opening. We cannot put all of our eggs in one basket and assume that we are safe from these disasters. Are there many faults in Mexico City just like in California? So Mexico City uh, is, is located in a, in a, in a high seismic area. And, and interestingly enough, you know, back in 1985, uh, in September uh, 19, they had a, a large earthquake that was about uh, magnitude 7.5. Now, it wasn't, necess it wasn't in the city, within the city. It was far away. It was, uh, but like I mentioned before, in Mexico, the waves travel, and by the time they get to, the, uh, to Mexico City, they actually amplify because of their soil conditions. And it was a devastating earthquake. It, it killed uh, you know, about 5,000 people. It, it, billions of dollars in damage. It collapsed uh, over 400 structures and you know, seriously damaged over 3,000 uh, uh, buildings. It all comes down to the soil, the foundation of the building. Without a strong foundation, the building increases its risk. How do you feel about this earthquake? After the, after the Mexico City earthquake, uh, you know, I, my heritage is, is, I have a lot of uh, Mexican uh, family still in, in Mexico. So I immediately started getting reports of what was happening in Mexico. And I, I had already gone to, to multiple earthquakes in the past. So I, I, I already knew kind of the drill of, of what to do right after an earthquake, how to prepare for it if, if I wanted to take a trip to the affected site. Um, I actually, because of my involvement with the uh, Structural Engineering Association of Southern California, I contacted them and I, and I requested a, a, a small fund to take a team of engineers down to Mexico City and really examine its impacts. And, you know, as an engineer, uh, obviously one of the first things that we want to do is understand how... Uh, the buildings behaved and how we can learn from that. So this earthquake study in Mexico City hits close to home for you. It seems like a good way to give back to your own community. The association and, and myself included, I propose that, that you know, we, we want to also look at the community and see how the community uh, was handling it, both immediately after the event and what we thought, how we thought that the community was going to rebound back after the earthquake. And then finally, we wanted to take some lessons and, and, and some filming. We wanted to film a lot of the sites so that we could use it for future educational purposes to educate uh, you know, our engineering community and, and our community as a whole in terms of what could happen after an earthquake. So we ass I, I assembled a team of, of engineers that, that included uh, engineers from different firms here in Southern California, and it also included one geotechnical engineer uh, we thought that that would be important uh, given, the, given the types of soils that Mexico City has. Was there anything that shocked you when you visited the earthquake sites? You know, it's really interesting when you visit earthquakes. Like I mentioned before, as an engineer, you get trained your, your entire career. You get trained on, on how to look at uh, what's wrong with the building and how do you make the building better. Um, but then what you end up realizing when you go to the earth, to an earthquake site is that uh, it, it, affects, it affects those people that use the building significantly. That's so true. Learning about all the codes and seismic calculations in school does not really prepare you to see the magnitude of how much more earthquakes impact our lives. In the code books, earthquakes are just numbers. 
But in reality, these earthquakes have the ability to take people's lives and cause such great harm to communities as a whole. What was it like for you to see that in person? Do you start to shift your focus from the building to the people that actually are affected and how they're affected? It becomes personal. Was there a moment in time when you realized that? One of the most impactful um, moments when I when I visited Mexico City, you know, we were walking, we were walking down the streets, and there was this lady that when she saw me, you know, she 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 kind of waved us down, and you know, we're wearing we're wearing hard hats and vests to identify ourselves. And we're looking for damage, obviously, as engineers. And we, we get uh, down to, they had tents set up where folks were, were, were taking shelter because they couldn't get in their building. Uh, and as we, as we approach the, the, this older lady, uh, she says, are you guys engineers? And we said, yes. And, and she says, oh, where are you guys from? And I said, I said well, we're, we come from California. And she says, Oh my God, thank God the Americans are here. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's to show you not only the respect that other countries have for our engineering community, but it also because she wanted a little bit of hope. And, and she wanted to really understand what was wrong with her building and really uh, have our team examine her building, which, you know, after, <laughs> this is a, long, a very long story, but after a while and, and debating with the authorities, we were able to get in there and take a look at her building. So that was probably one of the most impactful because it really shows you that that we're there really for for the people and 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 understanding the building because that's important for to someone. It's these interactions that make our field worth it. I feel like these are the moments that make us realize that designing structures is not just about numbers, but also how it adds to the community and how it brings a community together. Well, it turned out that we actually spent uh, a couple of days uh, with the with the uh, with the city's jurisdiction walking buildings, and 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 we learned, you know, how the city responded to such an event, both from an administrative point of view, and also we actually got the opportunity not only to examine this building for this lady, but we also got an opportunity to understand how the community was being affected by it, you know, and and because it takes a lot of effort to actually respond to one of these events. It seems like visiting an actual earthquake site as a structural engineer makes our job feel more real. It makes us realize how much we can make an impact on our community. Hmm, how about retrofitted buildings? Are they safe from earthquakes? You know, buildings don't sit in a vacuum, right? They, they, they affect their neighbors. Our team was walking through a neighborhood, and this is a very... Um, a high-end neighborhood in Mexico City, and there was a there was a building that was over over ten stories. Uh, it might have been about fourteen, if I remember right. But in any case, the size of it is is really irrelevant. The point is that the owner, which we got to meet as we were walking, as we were walking, we noticed that the building had all these brace frames from the exterior, uh, which, as a structure engineer, we love to see. Right? We we like to see those exposed structures, so though. From an architectural point of view, sometimes they don't they don't like that. Did you have the opportunity to check out the building? Uh, we asked the owner. We said, "Can we go take a look at your building? It seems to have been performed really well." So he, uh, you know, a very nice gentleman. He led us inside his building. Turned out that he was a civil engineer, and uh, because he was a civil engineer, he was very aware of his risk. 
And uh, he learned he was there in 1985. There was other earthquakes after 1985 that were not as devastating. And because of that reason, he decided to invest a lot of money in his building and actually retrofit the entire building, head, you know, head to, head to toe. Uh, building performed wonderfully. Not as I, I believe we found maybe a, 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 a shattered window up in the top, and and even that was questionable whether it had been part of the earthquake or not. How was his retrofitted building compared to the other neighboring buildings? Was the damage significant? The building was completely empty, and that other building had a partial collapse. Uh, the compl- the sixth story had completely. Uh, uh, collapsed and the authorities felt that that was such a big risk for his building because uh in mexico city unfortunately there's not a lot of gaps between buildings so if that building was to continue collapsing it was going to create a domino effect and eventually hit his building the domino effect we talked about it in a previous episode so i guess it applies to buildings as well so his entire corner neighborhood was uh, completely evacuated even though here's a gentleman that, you know, did what he needed to do, retrofitted his building. Uh, unfortunately, uh, buildings don't sit in a vacuum. So when you say they don't sit in a vacuum, you're saying that they don't stand alone and do, in fact, affect other buildings around them. They affect other buildings. And, and for that reason, we need to think about when we retrofit buildings, especially with mandates, when cities have mandates, you know, we need to look at it more on a holistic view, not just, not just individual buildings. So that's, that's kind of one example of how uh, one single building affected a, an entire neighborhood, not just a single building. <clears throat> a second example is we went to a small city called Jujutla. I believe it was about an hour's drive. I can't remember exactly uh, from Mexico City. And it was, it was a lot closer to, to the epicenter than Mexico City was. It was a very small city, uh, about 50,000 uh, residents there. And, you know, the entire city was completely shut down. Um, it, they, they actually happened to be located, the small, really small town happened to be located um, in a commercial center, they called it, because basically a lot of the ranchers around there, they all kind of gathered in this, in, this, in this small town. And that's where they do all their trading and business. And, you know, that's where all the, all the banks are and so on and so forth. Um, well, they have four banks. Three banks were damaged enough where they got where they closed. Uh, they couldn't they couldn't actually use the banks. And the fourth one? The fourth one that was actually up and running, no damage at all, was right adjacent to a, a building that was leaning against it. Well, for that reason, that fourth bank closed. That affected the entire town and all the towns around them because they couldn't use their banking system. They had to actually drive 45 minutes away just to conduct a simple bank transaction uh, because, you know, unfortunately, their banking system is not, not connected to, to online banking as, as we have it here in the U.S. right now. So essentially, all buildings need to be on the same page with retrofit in order for the retrofit to actually affect the community. It's not just one building. And it's like that here, too. Regardless of whether we have it here in the U.S., I think the, the moral of the story here is that we really have to think of services that these buildings provide and not just the building itself. Our, our communities have to have a better understanding 
of what kinds of services their communities have and which buildings are is essential to, to those services. Evan, Daniel's stories were so inspiring and eye-opening. I really enjoyed listening to his first-hand experiences with visiting the Mexico City earthquake site. It's these stories that bring the world of structural engineering out of the codebooks and into real life. I thought you'd enjoy hearing what Daniel had to say. You know, Audrey, what you're saying is true. No matter how much you learn about designing to code in a classroom or in a professional setting, there just isn't anything like seeing the results of good or bad planning right in front of you. I think you got the bigger picture here. Cool. So who's going to be our next interview? Let's look at Ben Stapleton, the executive director of the U.S. Green Buildings Council Los Angeles, as he focuses on accelerating sustainability in the built environment through community engagement and education. It'll be a good follow-up to Daniel's stories about the impacts of earthquakes on communities. Great, looking forward to it. For more resources and information about Daniel Zepeda and Degenkolb engineers, or for links to the Resilience Advantage series, check out our website. Thanks for joining me and listening to Making Resilience Cool, a podcast based on the Resilience Advantage, a 12-episode series created by U.S. Resiliency Council with the generous support of Optimum Seismic. Join me next time as I delve more deeply into the incredible archive of interviews from that series with engineers, architects, innovators, business leaders, and community leaders talking about everything you could possibly want to learn about what resilience really means. Next episode, I'll be deep diving into the Resilience Advantage interview with Ben Stapleton, the Executive Director of the U.S. Green Building Council Los Angeles. The USGBCLA is an independent nonprofit that works to transform the way buildings and communities are designed, built, and operated for greater sustainability and resilience.